Hey guys, welcome to the call. I don't know if anyone can All right. I don't know if you guys can hear me. All right, cool. Welcome, guys. Slowly people will dribble on into this call, so. Well, let's just make sure that everyone is coming. Mike is here. Perfect. I'll pull you up, man. And, okay. Got to tweet about this. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, Mike. Yep. Hey. We we can hear you. Let me add Polynomial as a speaker as well. And we'll get Mike and such um, once he joins from the synthetic side. Welcome, guys, to this call. Awesome to have you all here. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. So we'll give people a call minutes to come on in. I know Synthetics is doing a SID presentation right now as well, so Kana might be a few minutes late. Um, if he's already here, he'll bury me for that comment, but I don't think he is. Do I have an echo, by the way? Is it fine? Oh, you're you're good for me. I'm sitting in an empty room, so. <laughs> no, no, you're you're yeah. all good, man. You're all good. Cool. Would you have to find an empty room in the WeWork, or whatever you guys are in? No, no, I'm moving at the moment, so there's no stuff in this house. Ah, uh, oh, that's it's like me and a laptop. That's a little spooky, man. It's a little spooky. Yeah. I know. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey, how you going? And we're pulling King up now. Yeah, we were in the middle of a presentation, and uh, it was kind of. Dragged along. It's still not finished, but it's being recorded. All right, perfect. I think we've got everyone up here now. Hey, everyone. I wonder if we'll get any uh, OP peeps uh, to come and join us. I wonder if they've had enough Twitter spaces for today. They've been gone <laughs> five hours straight. I know, right? might pull uh, Kevin in here. All right, give give people another minute or so to dribble on in, and then we'll uh, and then we'll kick it off. All right, uh, Mike, want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, welcome, everybody, to another round of our L2 20 Tuesdays uh, hosted by Synthetics. 
Um, today, I think is uh, it's a big day for uh, for LT22 and the the uh, the momentum there. So uh, I'm excited to be chatting with two uh, you know Optimism native uh, protocols um, that have also been working you know by uh, by degrees with synthetics as well. So today we have Mike, one of the founders of, of Lyra, um, and then Gotham, uh, a founder of Polynomial. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we'll get into it a little bit, but it's. Uh, you know, it's kind of like almost a, a bit of a uh, inception layering uh, with with how these are built, with polynomial vaults building being built on Lyra, Lyra um, connecting in with synthetics, um, and then all of this being built on optimism. So, um, I think with the news today, like you know, chatting a bit about how uh, how this is all enabled by optimism and composability is going to be fun. Um, to kick things off, would love to get some project intrudes from Mike and uh, Gotham. Do you guys mind just uh, giving us a quick rundown of uh, of the projects you guys are working on? Yeah, sure. I can go first. Um, so, hey, everyone. My name's Mike, one of the founders of Lyra. We're an L2 native options protocol um, designed and built natively for Optimism. We were the first protocol to do that back in August of last year. And basically, what we do is we have an automated market maker that lets people trade options, um, both buying and selling options um, from a liquidity pool, which is deposited. And people put SUSD into basically this passive collateral. And one of the innovations of Lyra is basically we take that LP collateral and we help manage the risk that LPs incur when trading options. So, we Delta hedge via synthetics and we also have mechanisms in our fee logic, which account for other types of risk as well. Um, so yeah, that's a brief intro. Awesome, thanks. Uh, Gautam, you want to jump in there and give a quick overview of Polynomial? Uh, hey guys, I'm Gautam. I'm one of the founders of Polynomial. Uh, hey, hey guys, I'm Gautam. I'm one of the founders of Polynomial. So Polynomial uh, makes automated options that I think we lost uh, Gotham there. I didn't drop that, did I? <laughs> okay. No, yeah, Gotham. I think you that might have been concise. Hello? Yep, we hear you now. You cut out for a second there. Are you there, Gotham? I think he rejoined. He's not speaking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm bringing him back. Cool. Maybe once Elon Musk officially takes over these Twitter spaces, pain will stop. Man can only dream, though. Tell me about it. You can't even join from desktop. You can't record the spaces easily. It's all just pain. Okay, maybe we should just um, move along until uh, Gotham rejoins. Or... Yeah, yeah, I I gave an invite to speak as well. I don't know if you can see it. I'll, I'll message him on Discord. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, while, he... yeah, while we wait, maybe uh, we can chat about polynomial. Kane, I, I saw that you had a uh, standing offer for uh, taking the entire seed round of any protocol building on top of polynomial. Do you have any uh, promise yet? No, no one's no one's seen me yet. Um, uh, also, I got shamed by um, A1 for uh, doing seed rounds. So I think uh, we'll try and push them to do an Alien round anyway. 
And like, here you go. What would you build on top of polynomial? Maybe like a directional yield aggregator or something. Like a risk on yearn. I'm sure someone will build something. Something crazy. Something degen. Need yeah, more I mean, degen using, stuff on optimism. Using that word seed round is a is a very interesting thing when you when you're the founder or inventor of uh of Alien Protocol. It's a it's a tough one. Maybe they they could build a public good on top of uh polynomial. That would be pretty timely. Um, cool. So I think we can we can jump into some other questions. Um, you know, kind of what's coming down the pipeline with uh, with you guys. I think you know, for both of you, um, we were on polynomial. Um, you know, I'm sure a number of people out there kind of maybe got their their start trading options on uh, Robinhood back. You know, ended up during the uh, the pandemic. And I remember it was, it was just something that was like so easy to do and uh, introduce like a whole new generation of, of options traders to uh, to the space. Um, you know the the ease of use and kind of the Lira UI uh, kind of reminds me a bit of that, but obviously trading on chain is a bit bigger hurdle uh, than just like a simple app on your phone. So I guess like just in general, like when it comes to onboarding new users, what are kind of some of the bigger challenges that you guys have uh, seen in this space? Is it, is it still just education about options trading? Is it available markets bringing, bridging over to optimism? Uh, like where do you see is kind of like that entry point right now into, uh, into the on-chain options? Yeah, I think it definitely starts with education. And I had to go through this journey myself when I started Lyra. Um, my co-founder, Nick, who was an options trader at SIG, he basically had to give me the rundown of how options worked, like why they were really powerful tools and why they would be really suited to DeFi. We're finding that is true pretty much of most of the people that come into our ecosystem. Like most of the people are on-chain natives, DeFi people, and haven't really had exposure to options because they haven't yet been on-chain. So definitely starts with education um, and trying to really, I guess, inform people like just how composable options are, the fact that, you know, you can basically create any payoff with enough options, not something we've really seen before in DeFi. Um, so we're doing our best to kind of get people aware and, and I guess across the possibilities of options. There's a lot of subsequent challenges as well. Infrastructure stuff, um, building liquidity and optimism has not been easy as most people here know, getting SUSD liquidity over to L2 um, and just generally getting people to bridge assets over as well. Uh, we're hoping that starts to get a lot easier now as the optimism ecosystem, you know, picks up with this OP token distribution that's been announced today. Um, but I think education, liquidity, um, markets as well, as you pointed out, like definitely something that we're looking to expand. We've got four major markets right now, ETH, Bitcoin, Link, and Solana. But, you know, we're really looking to make sure we've got double or triple that number by later this year. Yeah, I, I would agree with Mike. You can't hear. No. Yep, yep. I think Gotham's still connecting, so he might not be talking for a while. <laughs> ah, just fuck my life. Yeah, we can we can hear you, Gotham. I think you're going in and out a little bit. So I'm good. Yep, yep, you're good. We got you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, something happened in between. Yeah. So uh, I agree with uh, Mike over here. Uh, the biggest issue is like uh, educating users. So like uh, we were like earlier trying to do an aggregator for options, and it was so hard to. Uh, make users understand what is the value options and how how to make them use it. People are mostly aping into things and options are something that you need to understand the intricacies or you just lose a lot of money. But uh, it's also like a really cool tool, right? You don't have to just bet on like going up or going down. You can bet on either market directions. You can just say that the market will be volatile and you can make money of options. So it is like a very, a very useful tool. And another thing that I would uh, point out is like the capital efficiency. Uh, like to sell one option, you need like one ETH at the moment, uh, which is which is like not really great at the moment. I think Lyra is like changing that with Avalon. 
that would be one of the core things because uh, when you compare it with like centralized platforms they have like better capital capital efficiencies and that is something a lot of people who are like pro option traders want yeah 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 so actually alongside that mike could you actually discuss some of the current capital inefficiencies at Lyra and what the Avalon release is planning to do to enhance capital efficiency? Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I couldn't hear Gotham before. I think I had to rejoin. Um, yeah, so one of the, I guess, with the current version of the system is it's very capital inefficient to sell options. Um, so there's kind of this asymmetry between buying and selling, which means it's a lot cheaper for people to come and buy a vol up, not as cheap for them to sell it down. So what we've devised, one of the innovations of Avalon is basically a, a way to partially collateralize um, shorting options, right? So you don't have to put up the full strike price times amount. You can put up you know, a subset of that and you can basically select your risk tolerance the less collateral you put up the closer you'll be to you know liquidation if the price moves against you but that's going to create a much more natural balance between the two sides and i guess make it a much more you know natural market than it currently is so we're looking forward to that as well um yeah got it got it yeah and like a, a good follow-up question to that um you know there's obviously been this like explosion on uh polynomial earned vaults they've filled up you know pretty much immediately as they came out. Uh, it's obvious that there's a clear demand for automated option strategies, um, though the caps have stayed at their current levels. Uh, Gotham, would you be able to explain how some of these caps are set and what goes into deciding if they'll be increased or decreased? Uh, we, we did increase the cap and when we, we increased the caps by 1 million and it got filled up in uh, three hours. So like uh, we did increase, but still like uh, there is a lot of demand, you are right. We, we can increase the caps very fast, but Though, like, we are, like, trying to do sell options on-chain, and uh, it's quite different from the mechanics of, like, how uh, other option balls exist. So, it is still in an experimental phase. So, it is good to, we want to go in this, uh, like, phase where, uh, what do you say? Uh, yeah, we just want to, like, slowly increase the caps based on the things. So, the things that we consider are, like, when you sell options on-chain, we don't sell it in a single transaction. So that's how like people who sell options to market makers do. They sell a big uh, bunch, a big chunk, like uh, one, like 100 million options, they will just sell in a single transaction. But while on the other hand, when you're selling via an AMM, you need to slowly batch it and send transaction over like four or five hours. And that takes time. So we need to increase the size of the batches. And there is like a bit of slippage at this time and a little bit of front running, uh, normal AMM issues. So we need to like build a better mechanics around it and uh, hence like make it more efficient. So uh, one thing that can change uh, very quickly is that like since due to the optimism token launch, uh, there will be like more liquidity in Lyra pools, security vaults and all. That will in turn like increase the capital uh, that we can sell by other vaults. So, uh, when there is more liquidity, then we can increase the caps of the vaults also like very quickly. Interesting. So, Gotham, you mentioned that um, the, there's a few like restrictions that you guys are facing in uh, raising the caps. Aside from that, you know, what, what sort of limitations do you think there are like theoretically when you're building on uh, options AMMs when you, in terms of structured products? Yeah, so uh, the main uh, thing that we look for is like, uh, we want to, uh, so uh, Lyra has this thing called Delta Cutoff. So we uh, cannot sell uh, less than a certain, uh, when the op, when the Delta of the current option is less than a certain value, then you cannot sell. So if you like try to sell like a large volume and not if a lot, a lot of people are buying, then it will like go to Delta Cutoff and we won't be able to sell all the options. So it is like one limitation that uh, can happen. 
so that uh, one of the main reasons why like we try to keep the cap small and make it uh like this but this uh, would go away when uh, the liquidity in lyra's mm increases and also like newer releases uh, which makes the mm more efficient yeah i think just to add to that as well like it's more of a mindset shift like when the option vault space started growing last year with ribbon and other projects like that like this process of settling off chain with a market maker and one big block trade is what everyone got used to right and there's a couple problems with that like not just the fact that it's really taking the crypto out of the whole process by going off chain is that like it's lumping everyone together into one huge order that's getting you know a worse quality feel on average and there's also a reliance on the market maker turning up so if you build a structured product on top of an amm like lyra like you have a guaranteed market maker and you just need to get used to the fact that the way to execute is by splitting that order up over time and actually batching it and you can get you know hopefully comparable execution as we scale up liquidity and pricing and things like that. So I think over time, we're going to start to see this become the de facto standard for how people build vaults on chain. Yeah, and also like when you uh, build vaults uh, with market makers, you you only can sell at like one certain point, right? Like every Friday, vaults are selling because market makers come. But when you are like trying to build vaults on chain uh, with Lyra and all, you can like, try to build more strategies which we will be bringing up in the future where like you can have like option buying happening in a shorter duration like maybe like every one day things like that which is not possible so there is like a lot of possibilities that are to be unlocked uh, but we wanted to start with something that is like tried and tested and more familiar to people and but like there are like really really cool things can only be built on top of lyra and uh, with uh, and also like combining like uh, we can also combine futures from Quanta so the whole synthetic ecosystem can play out and we can build a lot of things by just going fully on-chain, which is not possible if you are trying to uh, shift it and do it via a market maker. Uh, it's a good thing you actually went into that because I, I kind of wanted to ask that for my next question. Was, you, do you have any sort of you know insights into your the future exotic sort of structured products you're looking into? Like perhaps a combination of, um, like you just mentioned, futures and options? Uh, you know, delta neutral strategies that utilize different types of money Legos that, that wouldn't be possible otherwise? Yeah, like we are uh, currently, so currently like one thing uh, we realize is that uh, there isn't much of any option buying vault. So we are like uh, currently uh, MVPing an option buying vault and they're also looking into, uh, we are like, we currently have a, like a small proof of concept on uh, a vault which combines options and fewer. It's too early to say. Uh, I hope like we can like release it by uh, within like one month or something like that. Yeah, but there is like a very uh, large amount of possibilities in combining options and futures because uh, perks uh, give you this uh, very good, uh, it, like you can have like uh, delta neutral strategies very easily as well, right? So uh, being in the synthetic ecosystem like really helps as well. Interesting. And obviously this is all possible only because we're on optimism on like a chain that allows like, you know, a, a futures protocol and, a, you know, very high computational type of AMM like options protocol to you know work inter intertwined in one way like obviously this wouldn't be possible with order books from a traditional centralized exchange or like you know even with DYDX and the way they have their sort of um order book structured this is only possible yeah. with like these tokenized sort of futures and tokenized and of course am options amf yeah yeah you, it's it's only possible uh do that and also like uh there is zero slippage between SUSD and SC. so these small small things that are there in the synthetic ecosystem like it just uh, compounds over a large time and then uh, building things on top is like much easier and cleaner. Definitely, I agree. I always thought, you know, Synthetics' biggest strong point is um, in allowing the composability between different protocols. Uh, on that note, I think Matt has some stuff he wants to ask about. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little off topic here. 
Um, but we've obviously got to get it out of the way because it keeps coming up. We're talking about optimism, 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 and this is a big optimism day. Um, obviously, as I said, uh, the optimism token launch was announced today. Uh, I'd love to give all our speakers an opportunity to say some of their initial thoughts on the distribution and the allocations and things like that. You want to kick it off okay. for you guys? Yeah, I think this is a perfect cane one. Go for it, man. Sorry, can you guys just, I'm, my internet's a little bit bad. Can you guys just repeat that quickly? Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, so, um, yeah, the question is just, uh, the Optimism token launch was announced today. What are yeah. your initial thoughts on the distribution? And uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it was very um, uh, heavily skewed, like, away from, like, you know, uh, plutocratic distribution or, like, whale distribution or whatever. Um, you know, there was kind of like a, a little bit of skew for people who use multi-sigs and things that like power users, but it wasn't uh, weighted at all based on like your assets that you have, right? It was just based on your actions that you've taken um, and the more actions you take, you know, so someone could have had, you know, a few hundred dollars in, in an ETH account and they did all of those things and they would qualify for, um, you know, uh, I think up to like 30,000, a little over 30,000 um, OP tokens. Um, so I think that that was very interesting. I think also, announcing the distribution ahead of launching the actual token. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, people can get a sense of like how many tokens they're getting, but obviously there's no price yet. Um, so yeah, they've definitely done a couple of interesting things. And then I think, you know, some of the other stuff that they're doing around governance, um, you know, creating uh, two distinct governing bodies and, you know, the soulbound NFTs and, and some of the other stuff. It's going to be really interesting to watch how this experiment plays out for sure. It's, it's pretty exciting. Actually, Ken, when you mentioned that, I have a question uh, uh, based on uh, your thoughts. You, you you mentioned how it wasn't skewed heavily for uh, whales, which I think was a good thing. Um, but in a sense, they could have done like a, a separate thing. I just want to know like if this is feasible or viable. If they were to do like sort of distribution, a quadratic distribution based on um, you know gas usage by end users, do you think that would have been sort of a you know a, a different approach? And is that possible? I mean, they they could have, uh, but I think you know maybe would have ended up uh, slightly skewed, you know, towards uh, whales, right? Like people who'd spent more on, on ETH, um, you know, ETH No, no, I meant fees. on Optimus, sorry. I meant gas fees on Optimus. Oh, right. Okay. Um, uh, I feel like there's maybe no, like not even enough history. Like you could have just done transaction count, right? Like the, the gas cost is kind of negligible, right? So if they yeah. wanted to like skew it more heavily towards like, super, super power users or something like that. Um, you know, I think the, the um, criteria that you, one of, one of the criteria was like uh, five transactions or more, like repeat optimism user. They could have had another tier, I guess, which is like a hundred transactions or more. Um, but I think at a certain point, like simplicity is, is easier. And, you know, just, they just wanted to like uh, make sure that it was anti-civil and, and, you know, included genuine users. Yeah, I think I, what I actually found the most interesting was this idea that they're trying to create like a digitally native governance structure. Um, and Optimism talks a lot about public goods, like goods that are non-excludable, non-rivalrous, you can't stop people from using them. Like information is clearly one of these things and the internet by definition is, is kind of a perfect ground for building public goods. But the business models we have of today don't really lend themselves to actually being able to build them profitably because there's no exit, right? So they're trying to create this system where we actually have an incentive to build public goods in the sense that there's this retroactive public goods mechanism that will like go back in time and find people that have built things that create value for other people. Um, and by doing that or committing to doing that, they sort of create the incentive to actually generate funding in the first place. So I think the real interesting innovation here is the exp experiment around governance and like 
how they're going to, or if it's going to work and, and promote this kind of, you know, ecosystem of vibrant public goods. I've been doing some reading over the last few days and it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool to be honest. Do you think like since there is a voting, uh, will, be there, will there be voting on the funding for the public goods and then this will kind of result in like bribing and carover kind of thing? Yeah, well, I think the it's the Citizens House, right, that's supposed to be responsible for the public goods funding. So I guess they're trying to tie that to identity and humanity, which is you know less plutocratic and less subject to those types of bribes. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, a, a little bit of an extension um, of that question. Um, obviously, within their token distribution and things of those lines, they discuss a little bit of an ecosystem fund. Um, and I think that Kane actually uh, has leaked, a, or maybe he's writing a current proposal about distributing some of those ecosystem funds. Um, Kane, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, so I think uh, I asked the question um, uh, to the Optimism uh, uh, team today on, on their AMA um, about like what the plan was to incentivize projects. You know, obviously we want as many projects as possible to uh, migrate or, you know, to deploy natively um, to Optimism. That's one of the things that I've been working on um, very heavily. Um, and, you know, the synthetics community is, is pretty aligned with that as, you know, the first, um, the first project to deploy to Optimism. Um, and they kind of indicated that there's going to be, uh, you know, an ecosystem fund that will incentivize projects to migrate or, or you know that, that will allow projects to request op tokens to then distribute to their users somehow um so yeah i think you know we need to start thinking about that as a community like how do we want to um set up that distribution basically and i think that's a great point it kind of ties into the last question we had on, on topic of polynomial was that you know the synthetics ecosystem just coming the synthetics like protocol being on optimism enables all these things to get built on it and you know of course you know the the layer two itself is critical, but like without these sort of uh, money Legos that would enable this kind of stuff, there wouldn't be much other activity, right? And so I think, you know, that's definitely a, a good um, good thought because all these projects building on it, you know, really they're building without incentives at this point, but it, it, would, be, it would even like ignite it even more if there was some sort of incentive to build even further in that sense. I, I really kind of like also their digital citizen um, concept, like Mike mentioned, I think, more protocols in the future will probably adopt that model. Uh, realistically, a lot of there's a lot of issues with like just token straight token holder um, votes on, and token governance, and I think this could uh, move to mitigate a lot of that kind of stuff. And I think you know the non-transferability of it is also a really key factor. If it was you know if it was just NFT that you could sell, that would also take away from it too. So I think that's an interesting thought. And I'm curious to get you know uh, Mike and and Gotham's uh, thoughts on this in terms of you know from governance from a project you're building. When you're, you know, conceptualizing governance, do you sort of um, draw inspiration from some of these things, like non-transferable governance tokens? Do you think there's a, any, do you think there's value in that, and what kind of value it brings? Yeah, I think there is definitely. I think the hardest problems in governance kind of boil down to these like coin voting problems described well by Vitalik and other people in the industry, and like we haven't really had it yet had a mechanism to move beyond that and tie, I guess, governance decisions to identities. This is clearly a first step forward. I don't think they've actually outlined how you're going to be able to earn these NFTs yet. But the idea of having, you know, once and one vote should hopefully lead to a system that's less gameable and less exploitable. I think with Lyra, the way we think about governance is like, you know, minimize governance, right? So try to create things in the protocol that, you know, the market can sort of figure out things and, and only introduce governance where it's absolutely necessary. I think that's a good model for things. Um, but obviously when you're building a complex protocol, like derivatives or options or vaults or whatever, um, you're going to have instances where you need to have 
interjection and debate and discourse. So we are trying to take learnings from, I guess, well, Synthetics was the first project we learned from. Now we'll probably look at Optimism and what they're doing and maybe there's a way to build identity into to what we're doing and, and hopefully make things more fair going forward. I'm not sure what you think of them. Yeah, I agree with you on this. Like, uh, we are like a very small project at this point. Uh, thinking about uh, token is like way too far. Uh, we don't have any token or anything planned, but it, it is like uh, good to think about like non-transferability and all these things. Yeah, the, but the no. non-transferability aspect of it kind of is the key part there. The fact that it's not transferable, it's like the token goes to the select people who you know might either either know what they're doing with the protocol or know or they understand what they're doing or they're in a position where they could add value and it's not just someone who bought the token off the market. And I think, you know, for early protocol like uh, Polynomial, this could be something that would be interesting to explore in terms of stuff. Yeah, just my thought on that. I, I think this is also kind of a good segue into, um, into Lyra's uh, upcoming leaps. I think it's what, Leap 20, which actually goes into X, uh, Lyra and some governance rights and stuff like that. Mike, do, do you want to maybe dive in about how that, um, what you guys are thinking with that and, and how that update is going to affect um, the protocol? Yeah, for sure. So XLyra is current proposal up for evolution of Lyra's tokenomics. It's introducing like a vote locked, I guess, mechanism similar to the VE curve, um, which is basically designed to align the various participants in the Lyra ecosystem. So traders, liquidity providers, um, people staking the Lyra token and create just generally a more aligned system. Um, definitely something that we thought about a lot is like, how do we like avoid the problems that token holder governance you know introduces and the ability to buy votes and bribe and i think there's ways to use that to your advantage like you're seeing again gotham mentioned it before but like you know the bribe style mechanism that emerged on top of curve which is called convicts like that's actually led to some pretty productive flows of capital through the system so we're very interested in seeing if we can sort of create a similar system for lyra to really let people and not just traders and liquidity providers but also builders right projects who want to build on top of lyra people building vaults and structured products to direct emissions through um to where they you know, they need them to, to get their projects off the ground. So very keen to see that leap, hopefully get approved soon by governance and, and get implemented. Yeah, we, we are uh, we, uh, we are uh, planning to stake the Lyra that uh, polynomial walls are getting and uh, stake it as X Lyra so, uh, so that like in the future, like we can uh, maybe have like uh, reduce fees for the vault so that like it would be like a better for a user to deposit in a vault over like trading natively on Lyra or like things like that uh, in an automated way. So and also like it gives us an advantage uh, over longer term that if somebody else makes a vault like uh, it will be more cheaper on polynomial because uh, Lyra is already staked and fees might be a bit lower. It's good you just mentioned that Gotham actually because I had a, a question along those lines of you know what sort of advantages are there to you know the end user for using something like polynomial, you know, as a structured product, instead of kind of uh, replicating those same kind of positions on their own manually. Uh, obviously, yeah. there, there's the automation aspect, but you just touched on another interesting part too. Yeah, like uh, the one thing is uh, we can, uh, yeah, it will be like, uh, hopefully like if the leap gets passed and then uh, then it it is like, it might be cheaper for the user. And then, uh, yeah, that's like the main advantage. And also like if currently the vault is like weekly uh, selling uh, options. So it's a bit of uh, too much to do it every, if you are a normal user and you have to go and then you need to close it and then you need to keep on doing it every week. And if you are like selling options, yeah, I agree with you on this. Like, uh, we are like a very small project at this point. Uh, thinking about uh, token is like way too far. 
uh, we don't have any token or anything planned but it, it is like uh, good to think about like non transferability and all these things yeah the, but the non transferability aspect of it kind of is the key part there the fact that it's not transferable it's like the token goes to the select people who you know might either either know what they're doing with the protocol or know or they understand what they're doing or they're in a position where they could add value and it's not just someone who bought the token off the market and i think you know for early protocol like uh, polynomial this could be something that would be interesting to explore in terms of stuff yeah just my thought on that i i think this is also kind of a good segue into um into Lyra's uh, upcoming leaps, I think it's what, leap 20, which actually goes into X, uh, Lyra and some governance rights and stuff like that. Mike, do, do you wanna maybe dive in about how that, um, what you guys are thinking with that and, and how that update is going to affect um, the protocol? Yeah, for sure. So X Lyra is current proposal up for evolution of Lyra's tokenomics. It's introducing like a vote locked, I guess, mechanism similar to the VE curve, um, which is basically designed to align the various participants in the Lyra ecosystem. So traders, liquidity providers, um, people staking the Lyra token and create just generally a more aligned system. Um, definitely something that we thought about a lot is like, how do we like avoid the problems that token holder governance, you know, introduces and the ability to buy votes and bribe. And I think there's ways to use that to your advantage. Like you're seeing, again, Gotham mentioned it before, but like, you know, the bribe style mechanism that emerged on top of Curve, which is called Convicts, like that's actually led to some pretty productive flows of capital through the system. So we're very interested in seeing if we can sort of create a similar system for Lyra to really let people and not just traders and liquidity providers, but also builders, right? Projects who want to build on top of Lyra, people building vaults and structured products to direct emissions through um, to where they, you know, they need them to, to get their projects off the ground. So very keen to see that leap, hopefully get approved soon by governance and, and get implemented. Yeah, we, we are uh, we, uh, we are uh, planning to stake the Lyra that uh, polynomial vaults are getting and uh, Take it as X Lyra, so uh, so that like in the future, like we can uh, maybe have like uh, reduce fees for the vault, so that like it would be like a better for a user to deposit in a vault over like trading natively on Lyra or like things like that uh, in an automated way. So and also like it gives us an advantage uh, over longer term that if somebody else makes a vault, like uh, it would be more cheaper on polynomial because uh, Lyra is already staked and fees might be a bit lower. It's good you just mentioned that, Gotham, actually, because I had a, a question along those lines of. You know, what sort of advantages are there to you know the end user for using something like polynomial you know a, a, as a structured product instead of kind of uh, replicating those same kind of positions on their own manually uh, obviously yeah. there, there's the automation aspect but you just touched on another interesting part too yeah like uh, the one thing is the we can uh, yeah it will be like uh, hopefully like if the leap gets passed and then uh, then it it is like it might be cheaper for the user and then uh yeah that's like the main advantage and also like if currently the vault is like weekly uh, selling uh option so it's a bit of uh too much to do it every if you are a normal user and you have to go and then you need to close it and then you need to keep on doing it every week and if you are like selling options on batches right like if you're trying to sell like uh let's say uh 100 uh, like 100 ETH or something it is not that efficient that you just sell it in a single transaction on Lyra uh, because then like you will have a lot of slippage. But if you are doing it via polynomial, we, you know, chunk it into small batches and then we sell it. So you effectively get better prices as well uh, because slippage will be lower. So better, a better uh, user experience in terms of, you know, execution. Uh, obviously there's the ease of automation. And then of course, Another point you touched on would be, 
sort of uh, how you know curve incentivized protocols to build on top of them and and sort of build this economy on top of them in terms of boosting rewards for users and and upon them would have advantage there as well there's yes so on to this point of like building on polynomial and building on lyra um in my mind there's like this world of possibilities just waiting to be explored in the options space to build on top of these protocols especially on optimism with low fees and and latency um what future like integration whether it's like current or something that you know you guys would just like to see would be like the most exciting uh for you guys you know mike and is there anything that you would love to see built on top of you guys but you just don't you know it's just not within your wheelhouse to do it yourself yeah i want to start to see like people actually use lyra as a venue for transferring risk right away from themselves like that's the fundamental beauty of like options and derivatives is like you can transfer risk to people that are willing to hold it and we haven't yet i mean there's a whole lot of risk in DeFi, right whether you're paying on a lending market or your uni swap or whatever you're doing like you're exposed to some basically like you know variation in the future right you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow next week or the month after that right and what we want to do is make a platform that's like maximally composable to these types of LPs, whether they're, as I said, in Uniswap, in Aave, or, or some other protocol, you know, could be in a stablecoin protocol as well. Um, people building those types of things on, on top of Lyra. Um, obviously, the, the option vaults that Gotham is building as well, let him speak to, are a great first step. And they're kind of the reverse process where, like, they're selling risk to the AMM and, you know, generating cash flow for that. But I really want to start to see people open up the other side um, of that equation too. Yeah, that is, like, we, we can automate those for those, you know. DAOs. Uh, basically, like, you know, if uh, any protocol wants, uh, like, per, there is a perp vault on Ribbon, I think, like, something like that, you can uh, deposit into a vault, and then uh, we can uh, do it, like, automated strategies via Polynomial, and then uh, it will, like, go through Lyra. So, a full loop of, like, uh, taking off risk will happen. Well, on the point of actually taking off risk, it's good you mentioned that. The 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 main thing you're, you're saying there is by, by, you know, transferring risk is basically generating organic yield in a way, right? Where it's not just yield that's subsidized by tokens or like by incentives. This is yield that's being generated by transferring this risk, either by the counterparty or by the person who's transferring it. Do you want to speak a little bit on, you know, the demand for organic yield in the industry or the yes. lack thereof of organic yield? Yeah, definitely. So, okay, I think in many ways, like options and vaults are the, the logical next step or evolution of like what started as yield farming, right? Which like everyone in DeFi is obsessed with yield. And like, it started off with just like you would deposit tokens into a contract and they would shrink tokens for you. Like no real exchange of anything, clearly unsustainable. What options do, as I said, is they let you transfer risk from, you know, the person holding it to the person who's willing to, you know, be it, have it sold to them. And what that does is basically creates a more sustainable model for generating, I guess yields are a really dangerous term to use here because it is a risky transfer, right? You're selling volatility, you're selling risk, but a way to sustainably generate cash flow on that. And that creates a market that doesn't really exist yet in DeFi and it happens to satisfy what I think is like one of the biggest sections of, you know, the user base right now, which is people looking to generate cash flows on their assets. So whether that's on ETH, you know, Bitcoin or any of these other DeFi tokens that people hold, turning them into hopefully productive assets rather than just sitting there or, you know, doing things unsustainably. Um, yeah, so really excited to see that kind of continue to grow. <laughs> So just a, like a general question there, it, in terms of the risk, is there any way to like reduce risk of transferring, um, reduce the risk of, you know, how you said it's dangerous to call it yield? Is there a way to like sort of make use like more ex exotic sort of products like uh, Gotham had mentioned earlier with uh, combining futures and options to make, you know, less risky, but still high yield sort of products off of this? Yeah, you can, uh, there are like, um, yeah, you, you can uh, do those, those will be like uh, less risky and like, 
yeah more yield uh, but also like you can do more things like uh, with like introduction of partial collateralization we like currently when we are selling gold calls uh, uh, it is like uh, it is like still a bit possible but we can sell a lower delta and get the same yield if we do partially collateralized calls so we can like uh, do like that as well but there is like a lot of possibilities on like what is possible but the question is like uh, how fast do we build it and how does people react to it right Another thing that's interesting as well, just came to my mind, which I think is going to be a really interesting integration possibility or a way to compose is like with the Avalon release coming up, like we're getting rid of the round system, right? And we're making LP tokens fungible. They're going to be SE20. So all of a sudden you're going to have these interest bearing or yield bearing sort of assets, which are basically generating options yield from the underlying AMM. And they're going to be fungible and can be used in really any way that you'd use an SE20. So like deposited into a yield aggregator, you know, lent out and borrowed against things like that. Um, so I'm thinking that's a really interesting area for people to look at if they're looking at building on top of Lyra with the upcoming Avalon release. Yeah, so alongside like building on Lyra and building on Polynomial, uh, came or, you know, still continuing mentoring some people or uh, projects that are building on Optimism or potentially building on Optimism. Do you have any mentees at this point that would uh, potentially integrate on Lyra or Polynomial? Is, is there anyone in this current batch? Um, I don't think there's anyone in this current batch that is looking to integrate uh, with Lyra um, or, or Polynomial, um, but there's a couple uh, that are listening um, to this call, I can see. One, I thought I saw a couple um, that were on here. Um, so yeah, there, there's a few that are going to be um, uh, launching soon, somewhere in Stealth, and, and they're going to come out of Stealth um, soon. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun first cohort uh, to, uh, to go through. It was good. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, it would definitely be interesting to to find someone to find some projects to build on top of uh, Lyra and Polynomial as well. So obviously, be on the lookout. Um, Ken, is there anything that you specifically, as like a super, not not a power user, a super power like DeFi user, would want to see in, uh, built on top of Lyra, or something that they might not have right now, but you'd like to see in the future? I think it's less for me like something built on Lyra and more uh, things kind of integrating. Um, with Lyra, like I think Polynomial is kind of a unique to some extent, right? In in that it's like built on on top of Lyra and leverages Lyra to be able to to do what it does. Um, but I do think that there's opportunity for other protocols to kind of compose Lyra um, and and compose options, um, you know, given the AMM design. Um, so I, I like tend to try not to be like prescriptive about these things, right? Like I think um, you know people uh, people just need to like you know go and experiment and, and play around with things, and you know. Um, you get some kind of interesting results. It's hard to predict what people will build. Um, it's kind of more interesting to just watch what they build and, and you know, experiment with it and, uh, and you know, try and support it. Yeah, I should say as well, there are some other groups that are looking to launch Vols pretty soon. And one of the interesting ones is Brahma and they are taking the other side. So rather than selling Vol down, they're actually taking interest that they're earning on L1 through, I think, Curve and Convex and using an aggregator called Socket to basically move that interest over to Lyra and buy options, right? So they're going to increase yield that, that, um, from the L1 strategy by using options as like a high leverage sort of instrument, um, which is really interesting because it combines a couple of things. Like one, actually, you know, getting on the buy side and like looking at those strategies, but also two, this kind of new space of like moving liquidity and interest between chains and like composing asynchronously. Um, most of the yield and liquidity is obviously going to be on L1 and probably will be for the foreseeable future. But now all the execution opportunities are, you know, increasingly on L2, whether it be options or vaults or other things like that, perps. 
you know, that are more suited to actually processing that kind of compute. So looking to, yeah, I think that space is going to grow a lot over the next couple of months. And when you say that, actually, just something random comes to mind. I feel like, you know, fixed rate sort of are, are tranched products and, and, and tranched sort of aggregators would well, might be interested in something like that, right? In terms of like hedging the sort of um, yield that they could offer using using options to do that. Is that possible, you think? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think it's basically like the main challenge for us has been connecting these kind of islands, right? Which is like liquidity users on L1, compute execution on L2. And like we're finally starting to see the seeds of that with, I guess, recently what's happened, but also today now with this optimism token. Like I think there's going to be a lot more, you know, bi-direct communication. So yeah, I think the possibilities are pretty endless there. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. We're going to open this up to uh, people in the audience. If anyone wants to request to come up here, uh, go for it. And I'll, I'll bring you up if you guys want to ask any questions to these folks. Um, and then we'll just check on our discords and stuff if we have any questions for you guys. And if there's anyone from the audience, we could just let Kane talk about uh, his thoughts on the optimism <laughs> and the optimism token. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can speak a little bit more about it. I think one thing um, that uh, we all need to kind of think about, right? Like it's, you know, it's all well and good for um, optimism to, uh, you know, be creating this kind of retro airdrop. Um, it's very um, kind of, democratic and, and you know evenly distributed airdrop um but you know we do want to encourage uh tvl and, and usage of optimism um and so i think like all of the, the communities and, and projects that are um you know using the network now and have been using it for you know maybe the last year in the case of synthetics um need to just think about how you know how we can potentially uh incentivize people and, and come up with some you know kind of interesting strategies to to drive more awareness um because i think you know, as, as amazing as optimism is, um, there's still not, uh, you know, the, the kind of level of interaction that um, we might want. And, you know, a couple of hundred thousand uh, airdrop addresses definitely can bring some attention, but we need to make sure that we've got, you know, things to kind of keep people there and keep liquidity there. Um, you know, whether it's like yield farming or novel products or, or whatever. Um, I, but I think, you know, all of the communities on optimism need to be really uh, thinking about that and, and trying to ensure that, you know, we're communicating the, the value of staying on optimism and, and bridging optimism as much as possible. So you actually had a tweet um, a few days ago where you said something, and I'm paraphrasing here, said something along the lines of, if a friend gave you a bunch of tokens, you would heavily skew it towards people that remain staying your friend rather than people who want your friend before and, and not anymore. Do you want to dive a little bit deeper into that now that kind of have some context into, into what you were talking about? Sure, sure. I'm subtweeting myself. Um, so I think, uh, I think like, you know, if we do a retro airdrop, right, we know uh, that a lot of people are going to dump the tokens, um, you know, they're just going to, uh, they're going to sell it. Um, but you're probably going to get, um, you know, some percentage, um, depending on, on, you know, what it is and how much it's distributed, you know, maybe uh, like 25 to 50% of people who got uh, a distribution will hold on to it. Um, and it will create alignment between uh, the project and, and those, um, you know, potential users. Um, 
But I think that there are things that you can do that, uh, you know, potentially create even better alignment, right? And, and encourage new users to come and join and stick around. Um, so I think in the case of synthetics, um, it makes sense to, you know, potentially skew, and this probably goes for like Lyra as well. You know, Lyra's had different incentives for liquidity providers and for traders and, um, you know, stakers of the token and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, I think it makes sense to try and skew those incentives towards not just the people who did a thing in the past, because that's that's good and that's very helpful. We want to encourage early adopters, um, but you know, obviously, Optimism did that um, already. I think to some extent. So, you know, the projects that are going to potentially have tokens to allocate, they really need to be forward-looking as much as possible. I think with the distributions, um, and you know, try and encourage uh, new users to join networks and, and stick around. So, you know, distribute them over like a long period of time, maybe like six months or twelve months even, um, to to try and you know drive more usage to those networks and, and to optimism. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say, I think we have an opportunity here to kind of follow in the footsteps of optimism and think about the types of people we want to incentivize. Like liquidity providers and traders are great and essential for any DeFi protocol, but at the end of the day, we'll attract fund mercenaries and transient capital, I guess. But I think what would be really interesting is like, can we, as you know, our respective communities come together and incentivize people to build on top of synthetics, on top of Lyra, on top of Polynomial, like, you know, in the same way that optimism has given to, you know, or is hopefully going to give to, the projects who are already building optimism now, like, can we pass that along as well and incentivize, you know, people to come along and build stuff because builders build things and things is what people kind of stay and use, right? Without that stuff, it's really just, you know, a temporary kind of thing. So I'm really interested to like sit down with the Lyra community and like work out a way that we can incentivize more people building on top of, of Lyra. So it sounds like optimism is somewhat inclined to give some of this distribution to, to the projects. Is that what I'm getting here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, I asked the question on their AMA, um, you know, what was the plan uh, for projects and project incentives? And, you know, Kevin uh, was pretty clear that there is a plan, um, you know, that, that's being worked on, I guess, uh, to ensure that projects have, you know, aligned incentives with the network, which makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's also an interesting point to, like, explore here as well. Like, um in theory, Optimism could have just, you know, heavily rewarded, uh, you know, users as Synthetics and Lyra and people that have been there for a while. But I think that, at least to me, it kind of misses the point because uh, one of the big points in the future is to bring new people onto the networks um, and maybe people that haven't interacted with Optimism because if they're rewarding people that are just on Optimism right now, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really solve the issue of getting people over to Optimism and then bringing, like, real traction to products like Synthetics and Polynomial and Lyra and quanta and so on and so forth so I, I think that's just something to to explore as well you know also okay um they did kind of mention um in their blog post that there will be multiple airdrops not just one do you does anyone here want to leak some alpha on what that could be or what that could maybe be about Oh, like, am, I, am I pushing my, am I pushing my luck, luck there? <laughs> I think you push your luck as, as far as it's going to go for you today. <laughs> Fair enough. They said they'd have more info in a week, I think, is the plan. There'll be uh, some further announcements on, on the future airdrops in a week. And, and I think some more details around, uh, you know, governance distribution, the NFTs, and, and some other stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a week of... Uh, of info, I think, you know, slowly, uh, slowly kind of dripping out. Nice. 
Very nice. Yeah. And yet again, if anyone wants to come up here and ask any questions to these guys, uh, if you want to push Kane's buttons and try to get more optimism info out of him, you know, be my guest. It'll save us the trouble. Um, yeah. So if anyone wants to come up here and request, uh, go for it. Let's see if I have any questions on my Discord. I think I might have one. Awesome. I just uh, I just gave Cody the ability to speak. Uh, so right when he connects, he'll be good to go. Hey, um, question from the Lyra Discord from Mike um, from YMA. Uh, is there any plans for attracting more TVL to the AMM after Avalon, aside from the Optimism airdrop? Hello. The question was directed for uh, Mike, right? Yep, correct. I can't when when people join, I can't hear them. I like it. Because it says connecting to me. Maybe someone <laughs> can you repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Sure. So, um, is there a plan for attracting someone TVL? Someone I can't hear. <laughs> okay, someone might need to relay it to Mike. <laughs> um, how, how are we going to get more TVL in the Lyra AMM after Avalon? Um, aside from the OP airdrop, if someone could, yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what, what Cody's asking is, uh, someone from the Discord uh, posted a question as to for you and Ira, I guess, governance in general. Oh, are there any plans to try and attract more TVL outside of um, Avalon and the new tokenomics change yep. and a potential, you know, OP airdrop? Yeah, so I've got this weird bug with, so when someone joins, I can't hear them unless I leave and rejoin. So that's weird. Hopefully Elon can fix that pretty soon. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I think you can't have an AMM without liquidity. Um, we're going to continue to incentivize liquidity, you know, as long as we need it. But I think one of the main goals of this year is about being more targeted and sustainable with that incentives program. So we recently had a leap pass, which kind of, shifted our emissions program from really frame prey to like more of a targeted utilization framework that kind of looks at the activity in the market and, you know, adjusts accordingly. Like when activity is going up, incentives will go up and vice versa. Um, so I think that's going to continue to the foreseeable future. Um, and, you know, hopefully there'll be some other interesting things we can do to work in new incentives there over the next few months. On that note, actually, you know, just to ask a follow-up to the community question there. There was, I saw last, I was it last epoch or... It could have been this one where there was a slight glimmer of 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 hope in the Sol AMM, this the Solana uh, SUSD AMM, where the pool is fully delta hedged. There's no you know directional risk for the LPs. Yet the pool was also profitable on you know very low volume and on this you know B1 AMM. Do you see the AMM eventually becoming like standalone and being very profitable for LPs in a, a, this year? Yeah, that's 100%. without offset incentives. One hundred percent the goal. Like the goal has always been to. Um, implement delta hedging via synthetics and then create what's hopefully, you know, a profitable market, right? Like a way to earn uncorrelated yield on stable coins um, by making markets and options, which are very, very profitable instruments to make markets on if you take the necessary precautions like hedge deltas, manage your risk and, and other things. So yeah, like I'm very happy to say that results since we turned delta hedging on in Solana and liquid markets have been good. Um, and we've also extrapolated that back to the ETH and BTC markets. And like, it looks to be the case that we have a, you know, a mechanism that is actually, you know, profitable for LP so far. Like, I think we're going to wait and see how we go over the next few months before we kind of declare that, you know, anything too grandiose. But yeah, very, very good signs. And before, not, not trying to get too grandiose, but in, in terms of the sort of volume you saw on that pool, and like, I, I believe it was, a, it was at least a few percent 
annually profitable, right, for the LPs. What do you see in terms, like, in, with the efficiency of Avalon and then with Delta hedging and potentially uh, the similar types of volume of how in, in what we see with Ether BTC, what, what kind of pot- potential yield do you see for the LPs? Uh, I don't want to forecast yield, but yeah, as I said, like I think the main thing that we're happy about is since turning, like I guess the fundamental premise of Lyra was that if you hedge risk for LPs, then you can you can cause them to have like consistent profits, right? And like we are starting to realize that as we're seeing Delta hedging turned on. What's the limit there? Like I'm not sure. It depends how strong we can make the AMM, and like that's really like our fundamental research challenge is how do we increase mobility while you know minimizing risk at the same time? Um, like any market maker, I guess would be trying to do that. So. Yeah, I, I think the goal is just to have uncorrelated stablecoin yields that basically provide a source of um, yield in DeFi that's not accessible anywhere else. And at that point, I think you've really got something that can stand on its own. Yeah. We've actually got a, got a question on the synthetic side. Thanks, Mike, for that. Um, so on, this is from Master Mojo. Um, definitely be directed towards Kane based on the SIP that he's writing. Um, any initial thoughts on how SNX will distribute potential uh, op tokens to users? Uh, would it be to users who voted in governance, users who previously held a governance position, how long they've been staking, users who interacted with ecosystem protocols, um, or maybe something like weekly op rewards for new stakers? So any thoughts on that, Kane? Did I did I maybe drop out? No, yeah, I think my I think my, I think my AirPods finally died. You guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear um, you. Yeah, did you so, hear the question or yeah, yeah, I did. Um, like I guess you know, short answer is I don't really know because um, it's up to governance, um, not me. Um, I've got some opinions which I I guess I shared earlier that I think it should be skewed towards people who use the protocol. Um, you know, uh, moving forward, um, with maybe a little bit of incentive for people who were early adopters, um. But yeah, other than that, you know, I don't really have uh, too strong of an opinion, I guess. Um, I think we do want to ensure that we're encouraging, um, you know, people to, to kind of transition over to optimism as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my thinking. Got it. Awesome. I think that's, that's going to be it on the timing for the call, guys. Um, if anyone else has anything that they can get in in these last like 30 seconds or so. Um, but if not, um, thank you everyone for coming to this call. Uh, it was really awesome. It was great to have you, uh, to have you Kane. Um, great to have Gotham Polynomial and Mike from Lyra. Uh, we're obviously really excited for the op token launch, Lyra's Avalon release, and for developments over a polynomial for cap increases and, uh, you know, new exotic markets uh, in the future and things along those lines. Um, but thank you all for coming to this call and we'll, we'll be announcing another one relatively soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, everyone. Have a nice day.